cliffcentral.com. All right. Good morning. It is a Monday on cliffcentral.com, the 26th of February. There's so much stuff happening in the next couple of weeks, and we'll tell you all about that as it starts to happen. Um, but before we get to any of that, we've got to update you on some of the stories in the news, some of the things we picked up on over the weekend. And uh, also, I believe the Screen Actors Guild is doing their awards or something. Yes, they are. Are you paying attention to that for us? I don't usually. Okay. Um, but it just, so what made it interesting this time around? It just kind of, it was coming up in my feed and there've been so many awards and yeah. these are all building up to obviously the Oscars. Oscars. Um, and so just finding out that the, the, the usual suspects were up there, um, Oppenheimer, Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Oppenheimer, by oh, the way. You? Finally, I got around to it uh, what, three, four weeks ago. Oh, you did mention you it. You did no. mention yes. it. Yeah. Good movie. Um, there's Good Succession, movie. which but was slow, the... huh? I found it a bit it slow. I haven't seen it yet. I don't need to know about Oppenheimer's uh, communist girlfriend. <laughs> Who the hell was... I mean, what uh, was that necessary? Why do they have to include... Let me ask you this. Straight up questions, not some guy thing. Mm. I'm not trying to be one of the Red Pill dudes. But if you're watching a movie about the guy who helped to build the atomic bomb, who cares about his communist whiny girlfriend? So it didn't make any sense putting it in there. Could we left out? I don't think, like, doesn't, every story doesn't have to have a romantic angle. It doesn't make the story better or worse. No, that's what I was going to ask. Didn't make any difference. Mm. Why have the communist girlfriend in there? First of all, she's a communist. The less communists you have in a movie, the better. <laughs> Second of all, why do we have to have her? She was whining and carrying on to hear about how bad he was at relationships. Do you give a shit about Oppenheimer's bad relationships? Do you? No, really don't care. When you read a book about the atomic bomb being made, are you really interested in whether Robert J. Oppenheimer was a good boyfriend? Well, I mean, it does give some perspective, I suppose, but it, I didn't see the movie. For what? You know what this is? This is Hollywood. They've got this thing in their heads because they're still stuck in the, I don't know, 1940s maybe. That, oh, no, girls aren't going to watch this unless there's uh, a romantic right. angle. That's what right. they think, these idiots in Hollywood. Meanwhile, any woman who's going to see Oppenheimer isn't going, well, I've heard there's a great love story in this. <laughs> she's either being dragged there by her boyfriend, if it's an old school kind of relationship. Mm. And she's like, well, okay, let me sit through this. Maybe it'll be interesting. Or she's genuinely interested in how the atomic bomb was made too. Yeah. Or, or just watching uh, a, a, a movie that's well made and well yeah, produced right. and well how about, filmed. How about you don't treat her like a damsel in distress? And oh, unless there's a romantic <laughs> angle, I don't think I shall be very excited or entertained. I shall just return to my knitting and kittens. <laughs> it's it's unnecessary. Yeah, I loved the movie. It was very good. Got a bit slow around the relationship stuff, and I'm not saying that there isn't a place for it. There are lots of things, lots of stories that I love that have love stories as a part of them. I'm not some cold reptile. Yeah, like for me, the watching um, a, a movie about Obama wouldn't be the same unless it was with Michelle. Big Mike. Hmm? Is that what the movie was called? Well, the, I think the biopic for Michelle Obama will be called Big Mike, won't it? I don't know. Um, oh, sorry. No, that's just me. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> You don't know. You don't know the Big Mike conspiracy no. that Michelle Obama's a man. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought I was on another planet. For a now, there's a romance. Here. No, that would be a great romance story. And we'd find oh, out. No. Uh, yeah, we'd find out whether it's true or not. You, okay. must, you must hear the conspiracy theories that are going around at the moment. So here's the problem with the left wing say everything they don't like is a conspiracy theory. The right wing believe everything is a conspiracy theory. So you've got these two lunatic poles that are attracting crazy people. Completely. On the one side, anything we don't like, anything we don't agree with, it's got to be a conspiracy theory, and conspiracy theories are all wrong. And then on the other side, you've got a bunch of other lunatics who are going, everything's a conspiracy, nothing's true, you can't trust anybody. And neither of them are going to get any closer to the actual truth. Oh, the stupidity. I just it is can't. stupid, right? Okay, so let's carry on. Okay, Succession, which I loved. So, oh, so glad that was up there. What a great show. So is that 
nominated for a whole lot of awards? Um, they the whole cast, I think, oh, won. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, um, they won because it's already happened. Yeah. yeah. The Bear, which I haven't got around to watching yet. Uh, Beef, which I watched with Ali Wong. Um, very, very interesting. A, a cool, a cool. I haven't seen the bear or show. beef. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the bear is the one about the chef in the white shirt. He's just done a Calvin Klein ad. I don't the whole care world's about falling that. apart. <laughs> I don't care about that. Just move on. Uh, and then apparently Killers of the Flower Moon, which I haven't heard of, and The yeah. Holdovers. No, that Killers of the Flower Moon is apparently very good, but it's, it's, it's heavy. You have to really, like, you have to pay attention. It's not one of those movies you could sit message your friends on the phone because you're bored. You have to pay attention. Barbara Streisand got a SAG oh, Life Jesus. Achievements. What the hell she – oh, why did you have to bring her up? I, I was having such you. a good morning. <laughs> oh, I hate – you know, I've worked out one of the reasons I hate Barbara One, just one. <laughs> Apart from the fact that every time there's an election in America and it doesn't – she says, if this election – if this election doesn't go my way, I'm leaving. And she never leaves, no matter what happens. So she's just full of shit. Plus, she, how many times has she said she's quitting the business? And then she does a farewell yeah, tour. Yeah, she's just done a, yeah. <laughs> Can't say no to the farewell tour money, can she? Mm-mm. Barbara Streisand. So those are two things I don't like about her, but that wasn't even the one I was going to tell you. <laughs> I found out, I figured it out, didn't find out. Suddenly thought about it. So my dad loves Barbara Streisand music. My mom. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was a kid, I had to listen to that. Yeah. So I hate it. My mum spoiled that for me. Well, I mean, do you know who Barbara Streisand is, even Ryan? So I know of Barbara Streisand, but like I don't know much about. Oh, Barbara you're Streisand. lucky. Keep it that way. I'm not even going to ruin it for you. <laughs> Papa, can you hear me? <laughs> oh. My mum did it f- with Phil Collins for me. <laughs> Shame. Phil Collins is. I think if he's still alive, he's having a very hard time. Can't drum anymore. Yeah. He's got uh, some disease. Oh. He's Celine Dion's got this uh, stiff person disease. Yeah. And Barbara Streisand's fine. The world is not fair. <laughs> what did she get? Lifetime, Lifetime achievement. achievement yes. Let's hope this is a sign to her that you can now retire for real. Maybe that's what they're trying to tell her. Oh, Barbara Streisand. And then Pedro Pascal won for The Last of Us. I tried to watch that. I'm just not good at Pain watching really good. I like zombie stuff. It. it was a zombie thing, wasn't it? I don't think yeah. it was. People was it? eating each other. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a game about it, which is really, really good. A lot of my friends love it. Uh, the Crown came up, but yes. I'm not a fan of The Crown. Not? No. What don't you like about it? Because everybody else is raving. So come on, Ryan, bring us M- the- Maybe uh, I need to get past the bring first us the episode. the left field I just look. thought it was a very like cold first episode, and I didn't really like pick it up afterwards. I rather got into the real documentary What, you stuff. thought the Queen would be warm and inviting? <laughs> She'd come and have come a here. fireside chat, and come let's here, talk Ryan, about her emotions. Sit on my lap. Yeah. You think the queen is going to be warm? No, well, I just story about it would the queen. Be a little bit easier to the get queen into. who used to touch her children with a ten foot pole with a health inspector <laughs> on the end. Oh, I think one of the children is here. I can't tell which one. Oh. Put it back. <laughs> nah, I preferred. I, I I watched one episode of The Crown and I thought, let me just dive straight into the documentary stuff, and I, I preferred okay. that. Okay. Yeah, fair that. enough. It's not everybody's thing. Mm. I just this Imelda what, 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 Staunton. Who does the Queen in the latest uh, season of The Crown? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look like her. Um, it's I, so I, funny how it can put you off. Yeah, completely. Uh, the, the Diana woman is very good. She like does the whole Diana thing mm. very well. The Charles guy also doesn't look like I. I can't take. I can't work with them. Can't and, yeah. and the, even the Philip guy. He's like it's very distracting. Ah, the Anne is good. The 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 Princess Diana is good. The rest, no. I mean, I've seen comedies where they're more like them. <laughs> this is true. Right? So I'm with you on, on The Crown. I'm not entirely sold. Robert Downey Jr. was brilliant, says Rajesh. Well, in what? Because he's good in everything, isn't yeah. he? He's just fantastic. Uh, wasn't he in Oppenheimer? Uh, yes, he was. Correct. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, executive He played the guy who was uh, trying to become um, a cabinet uh, secretary, but he basically sold... Oppenheimer down the river, oh, a lot really? of political shenanigans. Oh. Yeah, and Donnie Jr. is brilliant. I mean, it takes you a second to realize it's him because the makeup's good. Sure, but you kind of you you get into it very quickly, and he he's so convincing that Robert Donnie Jr. Man, he's fantastic. 
Carl says, I would listen to Streisand over Beyonce any day. <laughs> that fucking screaming is horrid. Please can someone explain Beyonce's success to me? Makes no sense. Hey, I heard the Beyonce country song. Yes, t- Texas. For the first time. Down or whatever. Okay, yeah. Hold so them. I heard this for the first time. Now, you can, um, you can say whatever you want about it. I think it's kind of catchy. I'm not a Beyonce fan. I liked Destiny's Child all those years ago. I've only heard the first few bars. That's good. Because I'm not even a country fan, but yeah. it, it's good. Give it a try. Hmm. I can't play it for you now. I'll get into trouble. But see if you can get hold of that and just listen to it. Come back with that uh, and, and be objective. You know, don't let your, your preconceived a, Beyonce stuff get in the way. It's a sensitive topic in this office. I Why? Because so a few weeks ago, um, we were we were all talking about. Um, I can't remember. I think it was the Taylor Swift versus the Beyonce saga came up. Now, You're very much a I'm Swiftie. very much a Swift fan, and yeah. I, I think right now she's the biggest pop star in the world. Like, come on, she's mm. selling out. She just played her. That biggest doesn't help audience. your argument, though. I mean, a lot of people in this country vote ANC. That doesn't mean that they're fantastic. <laughs> but so I just wanted to compare, and so I said in this moment right now, Taylor Swift is, uh, you know, bigger than more, Beyonce. Big, bigger than Beyonce, more right. relevant. So for people in the Bayhive, that is, and yeah, and I remember Simpiwe and Duma and Erin jumped on top of me. Uh, mm. This is a conversation we had probably about a, three, four weeks ago. And I remember they were like, Ryan, you cannot compare because Beyonce's done this and this and this. Did it become a black-white like, thing? No, no, it didn't. Oh, okay, uh, good. But it, it, I was just like, guys, when you're driving home and you listen to the radio, do you hear a Beyonce song? No. But you hear at least three Taylor Swift songs in like who's an the, hour. Who's, well, first hours. of all, who's listening to the radio? I know. Second of all, <laughs> I, have, I heard the Beyonce song, not on the radio. I, it came up in a, a suggested playlist right. for me. And Are I you liked, on Spotify? You're on yes, Apple I'm on Spotify. You're on Spotify. Yeah. And Apple Music. I got both. Cool. And I thought, this is good. And I, and I realized it was Beyonce because I could hear her voice, right? And she's got a very distinctive mm. sound. And I'm not, I've always said horrible things about Beyonce. So I don't have to defend my anti-Beyonce credentials. Oh, mm-hmm. But I also hate Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think she's just bubblegum bullshit singing about <laughs> bad relationships. I mean, trapped in a 15-year-old girl's head the whole time. <laughs> Only you could find that entertaining, Ryan. Thank God you're going to Ireland. <laughs> our collective IQ in South Africa will rise by like 100 points. Um, yeah, like even Billie, Billie Eilish's music is more mature than hers, I yeah, think. Both of those, so Beyonce, Taylor Swift, I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I'll tell you what, Beyonce's song, this country one, I, I like. Okay. I'm and gonna, the, and, I, and, and there have been Taylor sure. Swift songs that I've thought were very good too. But at the moment, I, I just I've think they're both I've seen some boring. comments on here that said that you used to be a Taylor Swift fan back in the day. Yeah, because he probably just thought I, I she was hot. Remember. I did think she was hot, and it was wow. because she was. It was age appropriate, you know. She was singing about mm. things that a twenty-something should. Right, is no, something like is something like Arrested Development about her not moving on. The content of her songs has stayed fifteen-year-old, mm. and that's that's embarrassing when you're thirty-something. But listen, she's she, she's one of those. She's going to live forever. One of those pop stars that, that'll never fade into into darkness until she gets stiff person disease. <laughs> so she's got just a, you wait. She's got decades ahead of just her. Or she's going to pull a Barbara Streisand oh, and just wow. be okay. <laughs> she's wow. got decades to sing about serious stuff. So, well, look at us talking fun. about look at us talking about pop music. All right, uh, Destiny's Child had a learning disability and it was Beyonce's fault. Once my cat got stuck under the lawnmower and I thought my wife was playing all the single ladies. <laughs> That's Carl. Very good. Wow. Very good. Very, very See, good. Duma used to say, uh, you know how they talk about the Beyonce of the group? He used to say, who was Destiny's child? Yeah. It was Beyonce. It was. But yeah. the other two, as a band in the 90s, the late 90s, they were the flavor of the moment. Mm. The whole soundtrack of the world at one point was Destiny's child. I don't think you could say that for Beyonce. I'm biased though. Beyonce fans... Cry somewhere else. I don't care if you uh, don't agree with me. Um, and Taylor Swift fans, I could care less about you guys either. I'm, I'm totally disinterested. L- you have your side uh, bar fights about who's the best yeah. of these two. I don't think either of them are that great. And you know what? I disagree with Leanne too. I don't think in 20 years' time people are going to be thinking, wow, Taylor, she's still got it. She's still hot. 
She'll have gone. Hopefully, this uh, football player knocks her up. What's his name? Uh, Travis Kelsey. Knock her up. <laughs> take her home. Wife the woman. She's fantastic. No, she's, she's a good-looking woman. She's got tremendous amounts of money. She needs a new project. She needs to be knocked up by this football player, <laughs> and she needs to be a mom. And and her and to tell you what, then you watch that music suddenly mature, and then she'll have a whole new uh, drive. Don't uh, shoot the messenger. No, it's, it's okay. She's, she'll get be like, Han, I'll get Dr. Hanan back on you. He'll agree with me. She'll be like a Kylie Minogue. I Knock think. her up. Coming back every now and then. Come on. What's the guy's name? Travis Kelsey. Travis. It sounds I mean, like a, why does that sound like a woman's name? Why do people use normal names anymore? Oh, well, I mean, it's a surname. It's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey, yeah. Sounds like a chick, man. But I mean, the thing is that the nice thing about him is he's got his own stuff going. Like, he's not... You yeah, know, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying either of them have to give up on their lives. No, 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 of course. They would make a great all-American couple. He's the football <laughs> jock. She's Why the prom things? queen. Come on, it's perfect. America needs a fairy tale. They've got this fucking geriatric in the White House. They've got the orange guy on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> They've got all these piss-poor politicians and all this nonsense in Silicon Valley. They need a good story. I'm, I, I'm not being selfish here of and course. saying this is for me and for and for Taylor Swift to be happy and Travis Kelsey to be happy. This is for America. Do it for your country. Travis and Taylor, have a child. Get married and live happily ever after. I mean, it's like, have you seen Beyonce's child? Uh, I think it's Blue Ivy. Blue Iris. Blue Ivy. Aren't She's, they more? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not sure if there's more than one, but I know she's currently on <laughs> tour with Beyonce. She's on tour with him. Yeah, so she's um, like a dancer for she's, Beyonce. She's, yeah. she an, she's an accessory, you see. Yeah. It's and like the Kardashians with theirs. Oh, my God. Did you see that video <laughs> of uh, uh, the, the mom? Uh, Kim, um, Kim, Courtney. Uh, what? No, man. Oh, um, oh, the mom. Kyle, what's the mother's name? The mother's name. Oh, now for you. Now married the uh, guy who's I now know a girl. Who you're talking about. I'm trying to think of Chris who it is. Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. See again, a guy's name. Chris Jenner. So Chris Jenner was on this TV talk show. She couldn't remember the names of her grandchildren. Sure. I don't blame her. Eight of them, uh, but they've got the worst names. Please find me that clip. James, let's test him. Let's test him. James, find us the clip of Chris Jenner. On some TV talk show talking about her grandchildren's names. She gets all of them except one. And then she's like, oh, I love you. And she mentions the last one. And it's all very awkward and embarrassing. That kid's going to grow up with big problems. Big problem. <sighs> Granny didn't remember me. She, she reels off all the other names. All of her grandchildren have the shittest names you've ever heard. So, so strange. It's so funny. We were talking about like horrible names over the weekend. And also nice names. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought... Like if you had kids, what you would call them? I used to have a little list when I, I was bet you when did. I was young. Oh. When I was like in high school, you know, varsity. Yes. Hurry up, James, says all the people in the comments. But I liked, and this is where you'll be critical, is I liked girls' names for guys and guys' names for girls. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, oh. I like softer names for guys, like Shannon. Oh, sweet um, Jesus. Yeah. You're like a bunch of simps. That's what you want. <laughs> Simpy beta males. Thank God you didn't have a son. Well, no, look, thank goodness I didn't have children at all, Gareth. We can we can be completely honest there. Probably me too. Yeah. I, I always thought of, uh, I used to love, I still love the, the, the Top Gun movie. So I always liked the name Maverick. I thought it was such a cool name. As a first name? Yeah. Okay. Maverick. Yeah, it was his code name. It was like his. No, I know, but have that as a first name? <sighs> How you, many Mavericks do you know? You mustn't have kids either. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Call your child Maverick. What kind of a... So, well, it's better than Goose, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if those are your only choices, sure. But there are other names. Like Ted What would you name yours? John yeah. and Ben and Henry and like normal names. So like what Ted and John and Ben and Henry. I think in, there are lots of good normal names that have been around for centuries and people are trying to be creative. Like, the, we want the Kardashians to be creative. You must hear these names they've given their children. Terrible. I'm going to try to remember some of them. There's Oh, it's horrible. So North is one of them. So Northwest. here, says, North, Saint, Chicago, and Psalm. Yeah, Those Psalm, are four of them. Psalm. Psalm. 
Yeah, I'm not a fan of Psalm. I mean, it's Psalm. I thought Saint was pretty cool. Saint can be cool. It's not a good name, really. You can't do that. What if the child ends up growing up to be a devil and then his name is Saint? What if he's a drug-addled fat loser? Sure. And he spends Yeah, but you can his... imagine like a gangster guy being called Saint. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. I said loser. Like claiming it. I said loser. What if oh, yeah. he's a loser and he's called Saint? Oh, oh there's that there's that pathetic Saint West. Saint West. Saint yeah. West. Really. Do you also judge yeah, people by are. their These names? Okay, so Leanne's just looked it up. So there we go. you know what? Uh, we give up with you, James. Your your first job today, your your first <laughs> actual directive, and you failed at it. The audience is deeply disappointed in you. Uh, Leanne, what have we got? What are the names? Uh, we've got Mason Dash Disick. Oh. Uh, Mason Disick. Oh. Yes. So, he, so he, his, I get a, his And pain, when I say Dash, I, I mean D-A-S-H. I get a pain right up my asshole when you say that. That is a horrible name. Oh, Dash name. is the middle name? Dash, D-A-S-H. It's not oh, a hyphen. I thought you were actually just spelling it. I thought you were saying Dash. No, I would have child, said hyphen. child abuse. Okay, carry on. Penelope Scotland Disick. Oh. Sam West. Dream Renee Kardashian. Dream. Uh, yeah. Dream. Rain, as in your horse's reins. Um, Ashton Disick. Ashton. Stormy with an I. Webster. Mm-hmm. True Thompson. True. That was the one that she forgot. She Air, forgot true. Air with an E at the end. Webster. Uh, uh, yeah, and then Kim, Courtney, Kyla. Oh, it's horrific. Robert and... It's horrific. Yeah. I, I, it's child abuse, really. Oh. So the oldest one is 14. That's Mason Dash Disick. I know someone who wanted to call their there's a couple they wanted to call their daughter Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> put, oh put an R in there. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd struggled through life her whole life would be saying no no. Catherine. Catherine. I don't have a speech impediment. <laughs> it's Catherine. Or Samatha. Oh no Samatha. no no. Samatha. No, it's like you forgot the end. Right. I mean at least that's entertaining. <laughs> What's your name? Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I do like um, that. So the the two gardeners. Oh wait, look, wait, hang I on, live. hang on. Here, here's the clip. Oh, you yeah. want to see okay, this? Go. All right, here we yeah. go. Watch this. Yeah, I thought yeah. Say something. That's nice. Um, hey, I'm going to give you a quiz because I think this is in- incredible. Okay. okay, name all of your uh, grandkids. Okay, Mason, Penelope, Rain, North, Saint, Chicago, Psalm, uh, Stormy, Wolf. Um, hold on, Dream. Um, how many is that? <laughs> You're missing one. Help me. I'm missing one? Uh-huh. I said dream. Um, yeah. True! Yes. Oh, true. I love you so much. Uh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Saves the best uh. for last. Uh, well, uh, well, there she is. What a great grandmother. Don't remember her fucking name. <laughs> oh, please. Who, uh. I don't blame her at all. She must be so sick of new ones coming out. I, I, but you see, this is she got it. At least she got it right. All of her children with a K, so she wouldn't have to think too much. And there's another one coming because um, Courtney's just, uh, is a, no, is it Courtney? See, with, with, none of with us Travis know, Barker. Dave. With Travis Barker, they having a kid. She should. I think the kid's born now. I don't care. I, I really like the, the Kardashians. They've had their moment now. They must. It's it's time. Someone's got to shoot them. <laughs> the whole lot of them just line them up and just get rid of the Kardashians. Are you kidding? Ryan Seacrest is making so much money. They are slowing show. us down as a species. They're at the <laughs> back of the species line and they are slowing us down. I don't want the Kardashians to be a part of our reality from this year on. But Gareth, you can stop bitching. They've been around for how yeah, many years? They're not going around. anywhere. They're going to get used to them. They're just going to become more and more. I've met them. You have too. I know. They're the dumbest people you've ever met. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so wait, don't, wait, don't, wait, don't you, you give me hell because I'm I'm anti cardio You just agreed they're the dumbest no. people wait, you've ever you met. Um, Which ones were Kim they? And Kim and uh, one of the other. What did they come to the, the man? The manly yes. one. What's the manly uh, one? What Bruce? <laughs> no, um, not that manly. At the, at the, the time, <laughs> the youngest of the three. No sisters. man, it wasn't the youngest because it wasn't a Jenna. No, it, was, it, it was wasn't a, a Jenna. Was I mean, it Rob? The youngest of the three Kardashian sisters. The tall, broad-shouldered Courtney. That's the one. That's Courtney. That was the one. That's the one. Before she She lost was all more the talkative than the other one. Wait, so they came through she's to the actually, studio? She's the only one I think I could have a conversation with. We tried. Yeah, we, <laughs> we tried. We tried to have a conversation with them. 
the one sat on her phone the whole time, like those unhappy girls at the table. Then they I'm found a five cent coin on the table, and they were the, they were just mesmerized. Oh, look at the it's almost it's like it's almost like our money, but it's different. Well, to be fair, if I found a five cent coin now, I'd also probably stare at it like we don't have those anymore. <laughs> this is <That's> true. <laughs> good point. <laughs> hey, listen, have you ever had anyone say they don't trust the new money that you've given them? Because, the, no, you know, they've changed the money. Yet. Again. Well, uh, the last year and a half, they changed yeah. the money. And some people look at this, they don't know that it, they don't think it's the real thing. It does they look They think weird. it's Hong Kong. Mm. I had a 10 rand note in my purse that I gave to a car guard this weekend. And it, it was disgusting. <laughs> you could see someone had rolled it up and put it up their ass at some point. <laughs> you know when it's really soft? <laughs> And it doesn't hold its shape. Oh, oh. That's <laughs> horrific. And it, little like uh, like brown lines on it. Mm, that was I, I, I spent yesterday sorting out electricity and the day before at COJ on a Saturday to, to sit down and be greeted by a sullen woman mm. who sat there. Sullen. And when I said um, my house was in the process of being transferred, she said, oh, you're leaving South Africa. That was her opening <laughs> oh, line no. to me. With disgust, eh? Sure. And that is how our conversation started. Ended up with me actually crying out of frustration Hmm. because I was like, I don't want to go down this path if you don't mind. I need to hear another story of you crying, so I'm just going to nip that in the bud right away. Uh, Carl says these Kardashians are like iPhones. A new one comes out each year, no improvements on the previous one. No. Very smart. Very good. Excellent point. Uh, Bruce, not that manly. Says Richard, yes. No, not anymore. I have a bloke friend called Meredith, and his dad is called Vivian. Wow. Hmm. I still like Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) You'd like that one. (laughs) Catherine. Sounds so like vile. (laughs) What else are you going to make up? All right, how about the world's most crowded island? Do you know where it is? Can you you have any guesses? Japan. No. Japan's the world's, isn't it? It's within our own continent. Here in Africa? Yes. I had no idea about this place. I can't, it's yeah, not Madagascar. Madagascar is quite sparsely populated. It's not. It's, so it's an island not in the sea. Maybe Uh-oh. that'll help. Mm-hmm. What is it? Go on, tell us. It's called Migingo Island. Are you making it up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, make it up as Migingo. You bullshitter. Prove it. In the in the waters of Lake Victoria, okay. So obviously it's um, surrounded by a number of countries. There are a number of countries that are <laughs> who claims it. That's that's the whole issue about this, right? But this tiny little island I've sent you pictures has a fluctuating. Oh, it's horrible! <laughs> oh wow! What a horrible place! It's just filled with shacks. How many people do you think live on there? I don't know. I'd say I'd say a hundred. Five hundred people. Five hundred. Five hundred. 500 people on this little rocky outcrop in the middle of Lake Victoria. Um, it's earned, it's actually earned the title of the world's most crowded island. Horrible. Because the density is so extreme beyond anywhere else. And uh, before the 1990s, it never existed. It's only because Lake Victoria's waters have um, lowered or started receding that you can see it now. So as soon as this so new... What, were these people underwater before then? No, they weren't there. <laughs> as soon as this little rocky outcrop came about, people literally swam and got in boats and went and inhabited oh. this little island. And look at it now. It is such a revolting place. It's a hotbed of t- territorial disputes between Kenya and Uganda. <laughs> yeah. Because it emerged on the border between Kenya and Uganda. Both of the nations are trying to claim ownership. Why? Why? Who knows why? Oh, they both want it? I was, want I was it. thinking the dispute was that they both didn't want it. They're like, no, you have it. No, you have it. They want it. They still haven't decided whose is whose, um, a Ugandan fisherman, because this is an article from a, a travel journalist who actually went there. And to Ugh. get there, you can get there. But, I mean, who would want to? it is yeah. crazy. So there's some kind of um, – there's a reason why there, there are a lot of fish there. So fishing is like really amazing. And that's what's keeping this entire little island, you know, going. Okay. Uh, okay. So one of the things is that it's about six hours from Uganda by speedboat. And only so not two close, from huh? Kenya. 
It's really remote. That's quite far. And all these people live on this trashy island all together, all 500 of them. Oh, happily. What did they, whatever they're running from, whatever they were leaving behind must be so much worse because it doesn't look like paradise. So you know, when you think of an island, you yeah. think of palm trees and a beautiful beach. Oh, no. You think of a little bit of space. This doesn't have one ounce of greenery. No. Well, no. It, it's got some bushes on the side of the cliff face where no one Hardly. can build their shanty town. Hardly. Horrible place. And, and they're going there because they want to be there. Even though it's six, were they born six there? hours by speedboat yeah, from Uganda and two hours oh. by speedboat from speedboat. Uganda. Speedboat, and who and has they a speedboat? They don't have speedboats. Look at this picture. There's some fishing boats so there. There's some canoes. Yeah, that doesn't look very speedy if you ask me. No, exactly. So, yes, there are people who are being born there. Um, you can walk around the entire perimeter of the island in 10 minutes, less We've than 10 minutes. got a solution. Oh Move these people out. Put them in Malibu and put the Kardashians on this island. <laughs> be it's too far. It would be too cars. remote for us to pay attention to Are you to kidding? Them. This is the size of their living room. Yeah. That's why we must move them there. <laughs> and they'll stop breeding. So here's the thing. The waters are a gold mine for Nile perch, which is um, a type okay. of fish. Yeah. And so this has turned it into a complete fishing hub. Fish prices, as we know, have surged by 50%. So it's a lucrative income for these local fishermen. Um, but obviously there are constant threats from pirates who are stealing fish, cash. Oh, what a nasty engines, place. Anything that they can find. Engines. Well, well who would want to be here? What a terrible, terrible place. It's. I mean, someone said here, Epstein's Island <laughs> was once the most crowded island if you, if you count all the celebrities who were there. Wow. Um, Somebody says it's Alex uh, Township by the sea. Alex with a view. Wow. That's a, a really it's crazy. Bad place. Some, um, some people get like violently tortured by these pirates. Some people go missing, never to be found again. It's also one of the most dangerous places to swim hmm. because of the, the pirates. Uh, it has this entire island, this maze of corrugated metal houses, yeah. four bars. Nice. So they're drunks as well. One beauty salon, one pharmacy, uh, an open-air casino. I don't know how that fits in. And Jesus. several brothels. Several? Several brothels. Brothels. Several brothels. Well, I mean, you're on a remote island and 500 you people. How many brothels do you need? One? Are the people all not related? Is that much like work demanding? That's a very unhealthy, <laughs> insanitary place, yeah. if I do say so myself. I don't think it's a good idea, is it? As a tourist destination. Definitely not. He, look, the, the uh, author certainly doesn't recommend it, but explains how he how had many, to do it. What did he rate it on Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> did he give it a one star? <laughs> yeah, I gave it a one. No parking. <laughs> Terrible place. Did you um, see what Congo Chris said? Congo Chris yeah. said, let's send James there to do a travel report. <laughs> oh, that would be a good first job for him. <clears throat> what an awful place. How scary. But you've got to befriend fishermen and like you get know, I, certain I, people to I get come there. in here and I tell you about this amazing place I've been to. What do you <laughs> give me, the shittiest island on earth? Also, I was, I was just fascinated. <laughs> I've never seen not even a documentary on this. Also, fishermen are the worst people to make friends with. I, I, coming from a camping background and you have a speedboat, let me tell you, they are not the biggest fans when you bring that boat in. They always give you this look like don't cut their line. You know? Yeah. I, so I went. I imagine um, it's quite difficult. I went line fishing with my partner at the time and this fisherman in uh, the Maldives. Oh yeah. yeah. And we were, we literally found him after being to a bar and and discussing with the barman. We said we don't want to go on these fishing excursions where, um, you know, it's a whole tourist thing and they take you fishing and the fifteen of you on a boat. So he said, no, 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 no. I've got a friend. Got a friend, he lives on the island, he's got a boat, he'll take you. Mm -hmm. And we went to his house, um, and which was like a bit of a brothel in itself. Oh my there God, were women wow. coming out <laughs> topless with holding empty beer bottles, sure. and it was about nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, and so the two of us got into this boat, which he just t turned over that was lying on the sand, um, had this little engine. We went into quite deep, you know, deep waters, and then I caught a fish, line fishing, this massive fish, and then cried while it <laughs> tried to die in the boat. Um, but then we actually realized, you know, we had no cell phone reception. No, no one knew where we were. This guy could have killed you, thrown you overboard. Or pirates or kidnapped for money. Pirates. Next thing this big boat does come past and I'm thinking the worst. But it was a bunch of tourists. 
And then uh, the engine gave out. It was one of those where you pull the string. Da, 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 da. Mm. That gave out completely. Yeah, completely. Actually, how? <laughs> I was so sunburned. I, I actually, I was ill because we were stuck out there Purple. for hours. And I was convinced this was the end of my life and no one knew where we were. <laughs> how stupid. <laughs> and then we experienced a lot and of it turned out. <laughs> what did Sia used to say? Leanne, you have lived. <laughs> It turned out to be completely innocent. He was absolutely fine. We gave him some money. We gave him the fish I caught. Um, Did his engine miraculously start once you gave him money? No, no. Uh, In fact, we had, he had to paddle us back to shore, uh, okay. which was quite scary. Got back into his car, listened to, to some island music while he smoked <clears throat> a spliff, and all was well. Sure. Look at the adventures you've had to be on to be here this morning. Yeah, no, fair enough. Also, it must be so... Like, can you imagine how confusing it must be for, for people on boats now to distinguish pirates from, you know, tourist boats? Mm. Yeah, because you don't know. Because now you don't know. I'm the so captain many. now. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. All right, well, we're very glad that you're okay yes. all these years later. Good stories. How would we have ever heard these harrowing tales? I could still be missing. Wait, you could. So did you let that duck fish just flop in the boat? Yeah. Did you eat what it? are you supposed to do? No, well, I, I'm just laughing because when, so when we were camping, it took so long to die. It was horrible. When we were in camping, my uncle oh, no, uh, another camping story. He 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 took off his sock <laughs> to grab the fish, and then he knocked it out with a spoon. Yeah, because I had a spoon. No, in I know, my... but like I just this is West Rand. I had a little this travel part size. Of the, sunblock. Part of the fun in the West Rand, you have to have a spoon and a sock <laughs> when you go fishing, and a brick in your bag. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well. We, that's what my friend told me. She said, when you go, you need to have a brick in your bag. She lived there. What's the worst? <laughs> yes. Uh, so Timothy Mbambo says he really enjoyed the interview that I did with Siswem Pofu Walsh, which is up on uh, YouTube at the moment. Brilliant. You can go and see it if you'd like. I don't do a lot of interviews outside of this show because why? You know, if you want to hear what I have to say, come here. Exactly. Um, but uh, I did it, and he's a, he's a cool guy. He's a very, very smart young man. I'm very impressed with him. And I went on his show. And, yes, you can check that out on SWMX. That's what they call it. That's the channel. Okay. This is when Paul for Walsh experience. And you can go and see what he's up to. Uh, Leanne, is there someone willing you to – You had someone willing to take you to the Maldives. How did you fuck that up? Yeah, he fucked it up. Don't worry. He, he did that royally all by himself. All right. Okay. Surely if the guys on board have peg legs and parrots, it's pretty easy to tell if they're pirates. <laughs> I'm, I'm Long John Silver and this is me wife, Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's very good. Nice impersonation of the engine, says Rachel. You did a very good job with the engine. How did it go again? <laughs> when you pull the string. Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, we've got an island for a holiday. We've we've given uh, family advice to the Kardashians. We've got no cell phone zones in um, Pumalanga. Yeah, which are the best. Yeah. I mean, how much more do you want from a show? Oh, wait, Robin Wheeler. Yes. So Robin Wheeler, who coined the phrase of being yourself for a living all those years ago, has steadily built the B Entrepreneur. It's B-E-B with the E also for Entrepreneur. B Entrepreneuring brand, which ushers people and companies into the emerging way using a visionary integration of book publishing, management consulting, and movie making. It's been a while since we last had him on the show. He was here in August 2021. And what I'm interested in is that he decided out of the blue on his 55th birthday that he was going to just change his whole life, everything, sure. throw it all in the air and just start anew. Look, COVID gave a lot of people that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, were forced to definitely. change. So mm. he made a, a, a bunch of really big decisions in his life and he shifted his, his world into a different gear. He sold his house, sorted through his ancestral home, came full circle in a journey that he has led for 28 years and realized his lifelong dream. So if that doesn't sound to you like something worth paying attention to, then I don't know. All right, he's written this book called Love is the Key to Finding Your Voice. There it is. There's Robin Sharma. I don't know if he should have gone shirtless on his own book cover, but <laughs> just my opinion. 
how to live your myth. Now, mm. this is his new thing. But I, I want to hear about this. He, he, this guy is interesting. He says, love speaks to the soul, stirring, soothing, and sparking you to actualize your inner knowing by being yourself for a living. It is very sort of inward looking, right? Very Eastern philosophy. Mm. You know, so we'll find Bring him in. Bring that Robin. Bring that Robin, come and sit down here. <laughs> How are you, Robin Wheeler? Grab a seat here. Nice. To, well, actually, sit there where Ryan, we can get rid of Ryan. We've had enough of him, anyways, off to Ireland. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for warming up. How, how, how are you? How are you doing? I'm excellent, thanks, and I'm even yeah. better for being here. Now, nice to see you. You took a little run through our parking lot. Yeah. Listen, you're tanned and looking very relaxed. Yeah. Where um, do you live now? Between Thailand, Phuket, and Irene, which is where I've just come from God now. God damn. So, Phuket? Yeah. Forget about Irene for a second. Phuket and <laughs> yeah. Thailand. Which island is that? <laughs> Phuket and Thailand. That's fantastic. Yeah. So the dream was to kind of live there, but um, I took over my ancestral home a couple of years ago. And that's, that's what my, here. my new book's about. Yeah, so right. It's, it's, Irene is the sort of spiritual home, and then Thailand right. is the dream home. Well, they, they both dreams come true, really. It's the ideal life. So you decided, I mean, you had a very successful business going here. You, you'd written all these books. You were helping other people to discover meaning and purpose in their lives. Yes. And... You just threw it all up in the air and decided, hell no, I'm going to change everything. Not At really. the age of what, 55? I'm 55 now. Okay. So yeah, what sort of happened, it was a hero's journey. If you know the kind of gist of hero's journeys, you start off with where you were, your comfort zone, yeah. which was actually quite a stuck place. Um, I was living in Bedford View and- Oh, well, uh, that's very stuck. <laughs> already. <laughs> Bedford View. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's not go into that one. And- um, yeah, I just, I was living at the house. I needed to sell my house. I'd written like 30 books uh, in sort of 15 years. And uh, I just was feeling very stuck in my house. And, and Thailand was the dream. And then my ancestral home, um, which my uncle had been looking after since my grandparents died in the early 90s. So for 30 years or so, my mm -hmm. uncle had been living there. Uh, that became available. My uncle died and needed the family needed me to take over the house, which had been a dream because... When I was a child, I used to walk around this piece of land. It's a beautiful piece of land in Irene. And I had this kind of knowing, this intuitive knowing of what I would become in my life. And I traveled this long journey sort of back to myself. And when the house became available, it was on the one hand a dream come true. On the other hand, a huge responsibility. And my uncle who sort of was eight. And was it still like it was when your grandparents had it? It was untouched. Huh. Mm. What did this uncle do? Just lie around? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was quite reclusive. He was a bit of a um, sort of mad scientist type engineer. And huh? uh, so he'd let the place just overgrow. So I cleared 100 trucks of garden refuse mm. from there. What, did he just let it become like the secret garden and that uh, mm. Francis H Hodgson Burnett mm. story? Something like you couldn't see the house from the road. You couldn't, you couldn't see the, see the, the house. house. <laughs> wow. So, but the house. What did he live like? A, like a hermit in the, yeah, in the in this house? He was like that. There were parts of the garden that's an acre. You you couldn't had no one had walked there for a, for thirty years. So um, it was this huge spiritual thing to go in there. Some of the things were exactly as I'd remembered them as a child, uh, and then other things obviously were his um, sort of he personalized them. So it was this huge return to my intuition, to my um, the responsibility of of making right what was there. Was, hmm. Gareth, there was shit in the garage roof from 1952 because I moved in there in 53. What did you find that was uh, that blew you away? Yeah, sure, that, that excites me to, to mm. go and explore a like house that hasn't been touched in 30, 40 years. Well, I've, I filmed it all and took photographs of it. I'm busy making a movie of it to go with a new book. Mm -hmm. But I found my grandfather's engineering notes. I found mm. my father's um, accounting uh, notes from university. Yeah, I turfed all of that shit. <laughs> 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 Who but wants it, the accounting notes? Yeah, well, you know, I, I sifted through everything because you can't just – you know, throw everything away. I had yeah. cine movies my grandfather made of his kids, in other words, my father in 1940 oh, in Pretoria. Cool. That's very cool. And so he was an engineer, but he had an unfulfilled side of him. I'm getting passionate here and bumping the it's mic. Okay. <laughs> I'm it's sure right. you have it a lot. Yeah. Um, 
he was an engineer who'd, who'd you know, put his kids through school and, and paid off his house. And But he, there was a creative side to him that had gone unexpressed. And when I started out uh, 28 years ago in 1996, it was his unfulfilled legacy that kind of informed me but this becoming is a, a writer. This is not necessarily the responsibility that you wanted, but it was thrust upon you anyway. So yeah. now you have to sort out this mess of a house and garden. You find all this stuff that is actually bound up in your identity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it must have been an incredible experience. It to was go incredible. Through. And this is what my book's about, is that we've all got baggage. And um, when, you, when you inherit something, you inherit your ancestral uh, blueprint. Yeah. Um, it's, it's both sides. There's amazing legacy in there. There's amazing power and potential. But then there's amazing uh, baggage. And you've got mm. to clear it on your own behalf and on behalf of everybody retroactively. So I'm well, no the, wonder you wanted to flee to Thailand and Phuket. Well, it became a goal to go. So I, I cleared the house and I, it was absolutely invigorating to do. The things I discovered, each sort of clearing just brought light, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's what the book really helps people do is go through that process of clearing your own personal baggage, aligning with your ancestral heritage, both dark and light, mm -hmm. and then creating the life that you've always wanted from there. And it's, it's a sort of um, internal dialogue, a sort of narrative of what I went through. And, and you've called it love. Yes. So I assume there is also more love in your life now. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, Gareth, because I didn't like decide what I was going to write and then write it. I started writing and the story told itself. And only mm -hmm. now, even in the marketing, um, now that I've entered into the campaign and you guys are or the first on the list here this year of, of Good people stuff. I'm speaking to. Yeah, you've always been ahead of the curve, Gareth. Um, it's only now really that I'm starting to fully understand the depth of what this artistic project is. So um, this love is, you know, it's what do what you love, um, love your life. Um, but the love that comes from your ancestry, you know, the, the amount of... Um, power that's in everybody's triumph day by day over those years. You know, most of us don't, we've never met people older than our grandparents. We don't know our great grandparents, but we living every day that they went through and did what we're doing every day, which is face our life. Make yeah, I mean, we live in a country where the ancestors are a particularly important part of everyone's heritage. Absolutely. But the, the scary thing about the ancestors is that most people don't actually know the first thing about them. They just assume that there's this bunch of people who you descend from and that they must in some spiritual form still have an interest in you. Yeah. But it would be more helpful if you knew their name, what they did, what they looked like, where they lived. So I've got that. You know? I've got an unusually detailed history in that my grandparents were all very archivist mm. and a bit. So you've got a lot of info to sift through still. I'm sure you're still busy with it, right? Still, but by writing about it, I'm writing on a universal level about everybody doing the same. So the gift that I've got of all the details, you know, maybe somebody doesn't have all their ancestral information, but it's all built into your DNA and your psychological memory, you know. Mm. So as you unpack that and as you let it out, um, one of the things that comes up in the book quite a lot and, and something I've worked with over the years is is this thing, as you say, of, of in, in Southern Africa particularly, um, if, if somebody's um, unwell, they'll go and see a Sangorma and the Sangorma will say, your ancestors are unhappy with what you're doing and they want you to yeah. do this. Come into alignment. Now, we of European descent say, don't have such an immediate handle on our ancestry, but it's just as alive. And to cut the long story short, I mean, I'll have a whiskey in the evening after a day's work and I'll walk out onto that lawn and my grandparents are alive now through me. Uh, that's as clear as I can be about it. It's not abstract. Mm. I can feel it's like a fucking quickening, you know. That, well, uh, the, the, the spark. <laughs> no, you're right. The spark of life, is, this is the most amazing thing, is that that spark of life is passed on from one generation to the next. We're not immortal, but our DNA is. Mm. Yeah. But, but to, to be a living, to actually experience that. So like my grandfather was an engineer. He was a very creative man, Richard Wheeler, the plans for the house say new residence for R. Wheeler, 1953. He designed it. He drew right. it. R. Wheeler, 70 years later, was Robin. That man had no idea that his firstborn grandson would be the one unpacking that roof 
right. in the garage. Which he'd put all that stuff in. Yeah, because they moved into their new house and said, what do we do with all this shit? Let's put it in the roof. Yeah. And then they died. You know, the time just flies. Mm. And I went in there with as the writer that my grandfather wanted to be because in his retirement years he started writing and he got yeah. published that way. And I was 27 when I set out and it was like I can't compromise. I can't um, wait until I retire. I had to go for it. And so I'm living my grandfather's unlived life. And my grandmother was a legend in Irene. She taught it at the primary school there for t- 20 years. She taught Smuts's great-grandchildren, the Thunderbolt Right, Irene's named after Irene, who was the, 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 the wife of uh, Jan Smuts. No, no, she, no? the daughter of Nalmapius, which is the one. Oh, is, that's yeah. some family thing. Yes, <laughs> but it's, it's all, Irene's a place of meaning and community. That's right, the wife was Izzy. Yeah. Izzy Smuts. Okay. Uh, Isabel Issy. Yeah. Uh, Omar Izzy. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten exactly how you say it, yeah. It's coming back to you there, Gareth. Well, you yeah. are from Pretoria, uh, you know. Irene, Irene's a great neighborhood. <laughs> it's really <clears throat> special. So, yeah. Azalea says here, you know, you're good at, at, at also helping other people to find their voice. So, yes. Azalea says, what if my family are a bunch of cunts? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you've got work to do. <laughs> um, and I suppose we can all relate to that too. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, what if you really don't want to remember them? <laughs> It's the greatest uh, is, is question. Is that spelt with a K-A? Uh, <laughs> it's just so good. That's such a great question. Uh, could they find the uncle's body in the mess? I mean, listen, this uncle, I can't believe. How long did he live in this house? Well, he grew up there and then he moved out. And then when my grandfather died and my gran was frail, he moved back in there in the late 80s. And yeah. then he stayed there until the early 20s. And so like just didn't years. do anything in the garden. Well, he was, a, he was a mechanic. He was an engineer. So if the roof leaked, like there are no roof leaks in the house. Okay, well, that's, thank goodness for that. But aesthetically speaking, um, you know what mechanics are like. You know, Very you practical. Get, yeah. so you get a spare thing, sure. you put it on a windowsill and 40 years later, because you could have used it. You might yeah. have needed it. <laughs> you might it. need it. Well, no one fucking needed it. <laughs> but the family needed a clear out. And that's, I'm sort of born for that. You know, if, mm. if things are messy, I just got this deep urge. So it's like living out who I've been called to. I think this is fascinating. It's also, it's inevitably a, a next stage of development for you because yes. you, you know we've we've seen through your books, and in fact there are a couple of them even on this on the shelf here um, from the last time you came to visit us. There's so many things that we all go through in every stage of development. However, you choose where those borders are. It's difficult to sometimes define. Yes, you learn things, and you hope to be able to help other people to smooth the path when yes. they get to that point. People and companies, because again, like I was saying, Leanne, this this love is the key to finding your voice. Um, another product of mine is um, a fully booked process. I take companies through a change process and get them to write a book together. And mm. that's I've suddenly realised with this book coming out that I help companies find their voice. Oh, I'd hate to read a company's book. <laughs> no, one of mine is good. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean a company. Can you imagine a company writing a book? But it's for them like as well. AI generating an image. I mean, it's it's like your Gareth Cliff books to me are like my, you know, I often thought I'd have children and that my grandchildren would be able to see Read what the people story said about you. me. Yeah. <laughs> but that didn't happen. Um, no, one's, no one's cleaning up my garage. <laughs> well, you never know. Just try and keep it tidy. Huh? Keep it tidy. Yeah. But you know, uh, we're all on the journey one way or the other, I find. And this whole change that we're going through in the world is, like I realized, it's about clearing out. Yeah, um, definitely. Not, not just uh, haphazardly, but systematically and consciously. Mm. And then deciding what needs to go and why and what you keep and why. And, and then the other thing is to create. So, so Congo Chris says, record keeping is so important. I mm. have my grands kissed. I thought we should bring that tradition back. When a lady gets married, she has her family records and photos, puts them in a kist and they pass them down. That was a thing that used to happen. Yeah, yeah. I got three kists. Ah. Sold the one, kept one. It's got my grandfather's engineering stuff in it. The other one's got all of his car records and it's got R. Wheeler painted on it in his careful but when oil you, paint. Okay, but you've got to be careful in these situations not to be a hoarder. Yeah. Because you keep a whole lot of stuff. I mean, these car records, do you really want those? Yeah. and You and need those? I don't need them. I don't think no. they're of yeah, value. Just throw those in the bin. Probably. Except Get rid of those. Workshop. I'll come I'll come in. What's it? Uh, Marie Kondo. <laughs> I'll come and condo you, your house for you. I'll, I'll help you throw a whole lot of stuff cool. away. The stuff I, mean, I haven't done. The yes. family stuff is, is fascinating and interesting, but a lot of people gather things through their lives and 
nobody's ever going to look at it, yeah. right? I even think sometimes, what's going to happen to this yeah. if I suddenly drop dead? Yeah. No one's going to be interested in this. They'll burn it. Yeah, and that 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 awareness is what matters because if you're mindful and you're conscious, then everything has a place, and things that don't, you can move them on. You know, because people hoard for all the wrong reasons. Mm. It's, it's a it's a and that's a, it's mirrored. It's a psychological uh, hoarding that's mirrored around them. And if you're able to clear, if you've got the courage to go into life and clear things, then li- then new life comes. Yeah, yeah you if, if the glass is already full, you can't yeah. pour more. Uh, interesting liquid into it. So back to what you said, I mean, I've come full circle on my journey and it's like I've, I've been born again into, onto a whole new level. I mean, right, Don't start with your boy, born again stuff. You just have to call Ray McCauley in here just now. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> but uh, I was born on the next level because it was like, um, um, you know, this thing of being yourself has been my brand for 28 years, but I'm only really discovering who I am on a new level. And this thing of finding my voice, I've had a voice. I've been on your show four or five yeah. times. But I'm finding my voice on this level of where everything comes together and it's like who you really are comes through because you're clean. Well, don't you think – I mean, this is an old thing. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Um, you are half nature and half nurture. And we all pay attention to the nurture part because we go, well, we were raised by parents who cared about us. We had resources. We went to – X and Y school, we had friends, we had influences, we had we learned certain things, but that's all on the nurture side. Yeah. And what you're talking about now is the other half yes. of the equation, which most people just walk blindly through life completely ignorant of, and that is where you come from, yes. what's in the genes, Who stuff are you? you have no say over, yes. stuff that is impossible to change. Yeah. It's there whether you like it or not, right? And both sides of it. Yeah, the good and the bad. The good and the bad, the light and the shadow. And and also, like it's like you've got a personal calling. It's like a, in the book I talk about it as an inner myth. It's like you're born with this knowing of what you need to do in life. But then you're also born into the context of your family. Um, and that that is equally important uh, and you somehow have to integrate all of those things. And when you get it right, which is what this book's all about, me doing and the reader doing for themselves, um, those things come into alignment. And then it's like it's like a well, spiritual you, you, you force. You try and get them into alignment. Yeah, you're working That's on that. That's a bit of a challenge for some people as well. <laughs> like right? herding cats. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough because you might not be happy with your family history. Yes. You might not be thrilled that you come from a long line of rapists and pirates yeah. you know well we all do you yeah know? and well, i think of that's course we're here the, <laughs> the, the, the ones who we raped and stole from are not here anymore <laughs> so yes you are the product of uh, probably quite vicious people having mating many over many generations <laughs> yeah many apes mating over many generations to the, produce the survival us. of the shittest yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and, and, and being able to embrace that because yeah. another factor you didn't mention but was implied in what you were saying there is that society doesn't encourage you to be yourself. Uh, it, it encourages you to just follow the nurture thing, fit into the outside. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just do that, you're going to have massive problems in life, you know. Um, but if you only just follow your own truth, you're going to have massive problems. So it's really about finding your own way, using your own intelligence. I like it. I think it's a, a good topic for discussion. So how long is this book? Because you've written short ones and long books. This is a big one. It's a quite a fat book, that. Let it's me see that. How many pages are we talking Before I get stuck into a project of this. 300. 400 pages, 100,000 400 words. pages. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to just breathe deeply if I'm going to climb into this. But well done, Robin. I Thanks mean, it's so nice much. to see also that, you know, the the, the personal improvement journey, the, the getting to know yourself journey, never ends Mm. if you do it right it it should keep going up like a gradient of one you know it's that sort of ideal it's it's an idealistic thing that i've always intuitively known but i knew walking that land that i would one day do what i'm doing now it wasn't a literal knowing it was a feeling and we're all on that quest to stay in alignment with that feeling and like do the work of it but the work is joy. You know, if you don't do it, you're fucked. So you have to find your way to it. <laughs> and being an artistic fucked. person, um, ah. you know, is, is, is a curse if you don't voice it. There we go, voice. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's it. and that voice of yours is not one thing. It's not okay. Yes, here I am using my voice on. You your also show. You, you've you've written all those uh, sex books too. You wrote the sexier insights. Death is the ultimate orgasm. <laughs> you still big on the sex thing? Shit, I hadn't seen that theme. Are you oh, making there's a me sex think theme that. going on with you? I'm a Scorpio. You dirty old man. <laughs> That's what I am. <laughs> all well, right, no, well done. This is the book. Thanks so much. It is called Love is the Key to Finding Your Voice. It is the new Robin Wheeler book, How to Live Your Myth, and uh, full of interesting insights, I'm absolutely sure. Every paragraph will grab you and shake you up. No, and don't promise that much. You know. <laughs> okay. I mean, here's this one about breaking the ice. Gifts break the ice. I don't know if this is going to change my life, but maybe it will. I've just got to read on. Okay, I'll take a look. It'll grab you. I'll get into this. Yeah. Robin Wheeler, nice to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad you didn't have to fly all the way in from Bali. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I would have. No, no, very, very nice. And, And your life, how much time do you spend over there? Well, last year it was uh, I was in Thailand for three months, and frankly, I'd had enough because that's another point. Uh huh. South Africa too much is, of a good thing. Huh? South Africa's great. I heard you had someone mm. moving to Ireland on the uh-huh. show, someone who'd been and come back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I fucking love South Africa. I promise mm. you. And I'm not saying that some patriotic mm. thing. Or, it's like it's where I started being myself for a living. It's where it's all from. And and our brand here is transformational what we've got to show and teach the world you you only you cannot buy it you cannot steal it you cannot bribe it you have to live it and the south african it's brand a, it's an authentic place it's authentic place mm, and right. it, it's spirited and right. the myth that i talk about in there is a collective thing here we're a global player with a voice that everybody needs to use and hear to find their own voice right. so i'm so happy Beautiful. to be here so i'm spreading it out very good me. There we go. Robin Wheeler, thank you very much. Leanne Moll, thank you very much. Thank you. And we will see you tomorrow. Thanks. 6 a.m. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com.